0: What's up, guys? Coming at you from Shenzhen again for another episode. As you know, in the last episode, I spoke about finding the positives in every situation. But I'm going to pull this one in a little bit and address something a bit more negative and some of the possible takeaways from those realizations. First and foremost, the intense feeling of uncertainty has been winding down here in China for quite some time at least in regards to domestic coronavirus fears. People here do have a sense that we've beat this while still aware cooperation is required to mitigate the risk of a second wave. I'm recording this podcast on March 18th, 2020, and yesterday China had 13 new cases, only one of which was from Wuhan, and the others were all from outside, from travelers coming back in. There are some touching images of big groups of medical workers leaving Wuhan now, getting the royal treatment with... Police escorts and being hailed as heroes, and rightfully so. Many of these medical workers volunteered to go to the front lines from their own provinces, and so many of us were feeling for them when we saw the videos of how difficult the situation was for them, seeing them shave their heads beforehand, seeing their skin irritations they were getting on their faces from wearing goggles and masks all day, and how exhausted they were, with some of them getting a quick nap while leaning up against a wall and some even collapsing from exhaustion. These frontline medical workers are really seen as heroes all across China. The media, of course, helps this along by giving them even more attention. But to me, if even an eternal China critic wants to question what portion of it is organic, um, what portion is helped along with propaganda, it's gonna be a subjective argument with little value. Because at the end of the day, considering what medical workers are about to face all over the world, elsewhere, I hope they get the attention and recognition and encouragement they need, and I don't really care where it comes from. They're going to need all the help they can get. How will we do in the West? Not only in terms of medical capabilities, but in terms of individual responsibilities. I'm afraid I'm not encouraged by what I've seen so far. There may very well be many people out there who want to act responsibly, but how can you when everyone else around you is panicking? What if you're the guy who just wants to buy a couple packs of toilet paper until you need to restock but you see what's going on around you and you're not sure if those shelves in front of you with four packs of toilet paper will have any at all the next time you go in. There of course are also people out there who see this for what it is but they've got little choice but to play along. I remember one news outlet interviewing shoppers scrambling for toilet paper and asked one of them, why was he buying so much toilet paper? And his answer was simply, because we're all idiots. It's a vicious cycle, though, when you know you've got a few select people ready to mess it up for everyone. The most unfortunate butterfly effect, with an emphasis on the butt. <laughs> I know, it's a pretty lame dad joke, but I've got four boys, so I'm allowed to be four times as lame. <laughs> but back to the point. The most unfortunate thing is, is that people without toilet paper are now using substitutes. And in the UK, they've issued warnings that the underground sewer systems might become clogged. Wouldn't that be a terrible irony? If all those people who hoarded toilet paper, to make sure they can continue to wipe their butts for as long as they want, find that they can no longer use their toilets at all. We didn't have this issue here in China mainland. People here have a kind of perplexed look when I ask them about it. A kind of... WTF look that I haven't quite seen before, but perhaps even more concerning than the toilet paper rush is the sudden interest in guns. Australia's Today Show had camped outside some gun shops in California recently and spoke to some of the massive lineups forming outside before the shop's opening hours. Many of the people lined up had never owned a gun before, but are getting concerned about how irrational or crazy people might become during a possible approaching panic. The ability for such a great, educated, and advanced society to have these things happen, to have a selfish few who create a chain reaction and disrupt the entire system and any hope of people working together in a respectful way, should be enough to make people reflect. How do we fix these problems? That I don't know the answer to. It's certainly not to copy China's system, but it's enough to perhaps stop judging China's system so much, because it's working pretty damn well for them. And if they had America's system, the time for you to start getting worried would have been a lot earlier than it is now. I had this discussion with a subscriber of mine who I met up with in Macau who had a great long chat with me. This person isn't really pro-China. Actually, they're not pro-China at all. And they took the position that China's delays in the beginning caused a lot of problems for everyone. I reminded her of the timelines involved and how fast China genome-sequenced the virus and made it public to everyone so everybody could prepare, and how quickly everything was put into high gear after that gear was determined to be appropriate. She also mentioned the issues with transparency in China, to which I said, if we're faced with another inevitable pandemic in the future, and it has to happen somewhere, if China is unlucky enough to be that place, the rest of the world will be very lucky. A lack of transparency with immense action is far better than complete transparency with inaction. This is, of course, ignoring exactly how transparent China actually has been during this time, and how Western transparency, particularly with America, oftentimes ends up being a complete fallacy or illusion. I'll take it a bit further here and compound the transparency and honesty issues with a freedom issue. So first, in regards to masks, it seems to be getting more and more obvious that the West has been discouraging mask usage not because they aren't effective, but because the supply just isn't there if everybody wanted to start wearing them. Getting into an argument about the effectiveness of masks seems to be a bit futile. People will believe what they want to believe in many cases. And positive data coming out of countries who are starting to get this pandemic under control and who also happen to be societies who are wearing and using masks across their wider population should be something that causes further consideration. The fact that wearing masks prevents you from touching your mouth and nose, an important thing to keep in check during a time like this, should also be considered. But if it isn't, those people have firmly made up their minds, and even often take it a bit further with a selfish comment like, it won't protect me from catching it, it will only prevent me from spreading it if I'm infected, despite knowing full well that this can spread while being asymptomatic and before they even know they have it. But moving on to the freedom component, You'd think that in a free society, those who do see the merit in wearing masks can do so freely, yet they are stigmatized, frowned upon, and in a number of cases, even targeted and physically attacked. It's an odd kind of freedom. Back onto the government trying to convince you about the ineffectiveness of masks due to lack of supply. There's perhaps another thought you might need to consolidate here regarding your impression that it's China's government who's lacking transparency and honesty. You need to now either decide if you've realized... The same is true for your own governments or if there's a time when withholding the truth is important because if everyone were to panic, you'd still be in the same situation. No masks, but now with anxiety. This is a difficult question to answer because a spike in demand leading to potential creative supply solutions or awareness of risk is probably pretty useful earlier rather than later. But it's this whole situation that should really provoke some interesting questions regarding freedom. But even if you were to ignore this and still say the other freedoms and the ideas of freedoms is something so important to you that you can't even begin to praise a system like China's for what it can accomplish, I think you need to ask, what are we doing with those freedoms we have in the West, particularly during times like this? Well, many of them are still gathering in large groups, going to bars and restaurants, and really not concerning themselves much at all that didn't happen in China. You weren't given the freedom to make those choices. You weren't allowed to put society at risk for the sake of your own personal freedoms because, well, we live in a society. And thank goodness for that, for the sake of themselves and for the whole world for that matter. I'm gonna make a little side note here and say that the people in China enjoy freedoms where it really matters the most and in ways that even exceed what the West has in quite a few circumstances, but that's going to get a little bit off topic here. And we don't even really need to go down that road here for this conversation because the bottom line is that China's system showed how well it works, at least in situations like this for now. And that's relevant enough for this current conversation. Li Kuan Yew, the first prime minister of Singapore, once argued that society needs to reach a certain point of development. And its greater population needs to reach a certain level of education before political freedoms or one vote, one person makes sense and can produce positive results. If you look at how irresponsibly developed nations are acting right now with a fraction of the population, despite them being countries that are supposed to be ready for majority rule, just begin to imagine what the same kind of chaos would have looked like in China with... A population of over a billion people. There's perhaps an additional side dish here that China critics can reflect on, and it has to do with their perception that China is far less civilized than Western countries, because we certainly didn't see that on the ground this time during this crisis. You know, every society of course has its lowest common denominators of people who are on standby and ready to mess it up for everyone else, but we don't see them influencing society as much in China because the rights of the group is more important than the rights of a single person, which ironically ends up delivering more freedoms and results to the single person once everything is averaged out. I think it's important to note, because without additional context, my conversation kind of sounds like I suggest a lack of freedom in China is the best system for China and its people, when in fact, if you take a less superficial look at how things work and how things actually play out, It is this perceived lack of freedoms that actually results in more freedom. Once again, a China system shouldn't be implemented somewhere like the U.S. The risks of it going wrong are too great. But I find it difficult to not admit that China has the right system for China, at least for the time being. And in what should perhaps be a separate topic, there are also enough metrics available in terms of seeing what this system has done for its people in such a short period of time. Even outside of this whole pandemic issue, that should begin to make you second-guess your positions and start to consider all those Chinese who jumped the great firewall and are fully aware of the outside world, who are engaging with you on social media, or who study overseas in your countries and yet still supports their own government, shouldn't just so easily and cheaply be disregarded as brainwashed in a lazy attempt to continue holding your own view of what's best for them. And perhaps even to begin considering that it might be us in the West who are brainwashed. I'm going to start to wrap this topic up here, but that little rant I went on is really important to pull things into a point of relevance on our current situation. And that has to do with looking at China for inspiration in terms of what to do during this pandemic. Trying to crack that China bad shell that so many people shout from may open up people to the possibility of learning about how China has controlled this so well and perhaps even consider implementing some of these life-saving strategies that brought China so much success during this fight. If having such a strong opinion about China prevents you from being able to benefit from some of the very valuable takeaways... Well, that's ironically just wasting your freedom of thought, which you value so much. That's it for me today, guys. I will catch you in the next episode. Peace.